Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. I am Beth Shank, host of the podcast, along with our guest host, Dr. Shanda Demarest, as she explores nurses' experiences with the Nurses' Climate Challenge around the world. In this episode, Shanda interviews Anna Furman, Nurse and Climate Officer at Healthcare Without Harm Europe. Anna shares her perspective on initiating and developing the Nurses' Climate Challenge in Europe and reflects on her experiences from other continents as well. Anna made an interesting comment. She said that it is very difficult for a hospital or organization to change anything without talking to the nurses, without having the nurses on board. This speaks to the power of the Nurses' Climate Challenge as it gives nurses resources to use today and a growing global community to share the work with. Welcome, everyone, to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Shanda Demarest, and I'm your guest host for this special series featuring the Nurses Climate Challenge, a national initiative empowering nurses to educate 50,000 health professionals about the health impacts of climate change. And throughout the spring of 2022, you'll hear me interview nurse climate champions about how they have stepped up to take action on climate change. I'll have the opportunity to interview nurses across the U.S. and today from Europe, who are our profession's innovators, entrepreneurs, educators, activists, and more at the center of climate and health. So on the last podcast, you heard me interview four powerful women with whom I've had the opportunity to collaborate on the development of the Nurses Climate Challenge over the past five years. And if folks haven't had the chance to listen to that conversation yet, I encourage you to visit the first episode in this 2022 series within the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. We chatted about the Nurses Climate Challenge as a tool for all nurses to educate health professionals and students about the health impacts of climate change with the goal of reaching 50,000 individuals by the end of this year, 2022. So today I'm delighted to invite a special nurse from Belgium who has worked to expand the Nurses Climate Challenge to the entire continent of Europe. We will be joined by Anna Foreman, who serves as a climate officer at Healthcare Without Harm Europe. In addition to leading the Nurses Climate Challenge Europe, Anna facilitates the Healthcare Climate Challenge and the Race to Zero, building climate smart European hospitals and healthcare systems. Anna holds a degree in pediatric nursing from the University Clinic Mainz in Germany, and she also studied international relations at Leiden University and the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. So Anna, welcome. Thank you very much, Shanda. Thanks for that introduction. Certainly, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to engage in conversation with you. I've had the chance to work with you for about a year and a half now on the expansion of the Nurses Climate Challenge, and um, I'm just delighted about this opportunity to hear the story from your side. So I have um, a, a series of questions I'd like to pose to you, but but before we get into the heavy work conversation, let's go a heavy climate change conversation direction first and, and allow me to pose this question, which is, have you ever come face to face with climate change? And, and what does that look like for you? 
Well, I guess um, everybody has come face to face with climate change in a way already. Um, but I have come very close up uh, face to face with climate change um, mid last year um, when I um, well saw what climate change is doing uh, in terms of extreme weather events um, in uh, Europe. Um, there was a huge flood in my home region in Germany um, in the yeah, end of summer. And it was, uh, well, quite scaring, um, as quite scary uh, to see yeah, how de destructive it is already. Um, and yeah, uh, apart from that, obviously, I've come uh, in contact with climate change uh, all throughout the work I'm doing, um, more like secondary, I'd say, um, hearing from other people what happens and um, how they have uh, experienced climate change. Mm, that that does sound scary. I, I remember that time at the end of summer 2021, seeing on the news that specifically the horrific flooding. And um, at that time, you had some challenges even with traveling back to Germany from Belgium. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Um, the floods really destroyed a lot of infrastructure um, and the regions that were destroyed there, um, they're still struggling with that today. Like, um, I know at least the region uh, in Germany that most was most heavily hit, um, they're still struggling to have uh, heating and uh, basic infrastructure like electricity um, for the people living there. And I mean, I was very, very lucky and my family was safe and all my friends were safe. That was obviously the first thing I checked. Um, but yeah, this is um, long-term impacts, I'd say. Certainly, and, and I'm glad to hear that your friends and, and family were safe, of course, but I can't imagine um, that widespread destruction. So thank you for taking us there and, and giving us examples of what that, can, what that can look like for individuals. So in your, in your introduction, I, of course, alluded to um, the fact that you were a pediatric nurse by background, of course, a climate nurse now. So for our listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Why should nurses concern themselves with climate change? I think the better question would be, uh, why shouldn't they um, concern themselves with climate change? Um, climate change is already something that impacts the health of the patients we take care of every day. Um, and it would be like a huge oversight to not um, include climate change into um, our clinical assessments um, and into, well, looking at the resilience of our patients as well, um, how they will cope with uh, the changes um, that are coming and that are already there. Um, not looking um, at climate change as a nurse um, would be like not concerning yourselves with the impact of sugar um, on non-communicable diseases uh, of your patients. Um, it's something very important uh, that we need to well learn if we haven't learned it yet um, and that we need to start coping with. Mm, I love that analogy. It also brought to mind um, you know, as, as nursing students, we learn about organ systems within the body. And as we continue to become more familiar with climate change, biodiversity loss, sea level rise, ocean acidification, you know, these, these organ systems, so to speak, within planet 
within planet Earth and how they're all interconnected in the same way that the human body is a whole system that nurses are learning how to take care of. Um, planet Earth is a whole system and um, that interconnection is, uh, is undeniable. Thank you, Anna. I love that uh, analogy. That's a really good, uh, good example, I'd say. Yeah. Hmm. So based on what you've shared so far, um, you know, certainly you have had your background experience with the environment, with patient and human care. Now you're in a very unique role at Healthcare Without Harm Europe. And just for, um, for re reminding the listeners, last week we heard um, from Jessica Wolf on the, on the podcast, who is the U.S. Director for Climate and Health um, for Healthcare Without Harm in the United States. So this is an international nonprofit organization. And um, some of the work, Anna, that you are centered on, uh, the healthcare climate challenge, the race to zero, and supporting those health systems and hospitals is um, occurring you know, within Europe, within the United States, but also within um, many, many countries across the planet. So I'm curious what that work looks like for you. Um, how do you approach it as a nurse? Just, just tell us some more. Yeah, um, I mean, my work is only half with hospitals. The other half is with the Nurses Climate Challenge. Um, but that half uh, where I'm working with institutions, um, I'm, well, supporting them to, to see the impact they're having, first of all. So helping them to calculate their emissions, helping them to see where they can make uh, improvements also. Um, and where they can improve the, the health and the resilience of their um, communities and of the services they're providing because um, climate change also has uh, comes with its risks. Um, looking at extreme weather events again um, for the infrastructure of healthcare and healthcare institutions. Um, and well, yeah, the main um, focus I'm having in my work is um, to look at um, the, the mitigation um, of climate change, um, looking at how to reduce emissions as a hospital. Um, and with that, um, giving out also the um, Climate Challenge Awards, which is a global, um, global award for um, hospitals in our um, uh, hospitals network. Um, and yeah, um, as a nurse, uh, I guess it's really nice to, um, to impact those those structures, those systems that, while you're working in the hospital, are very hard to change. Um, but getting out of that and, well, impacting it from the outside, um, trying to improve on what I've been worried about as a nurse, um, is really nice. It's a really uh, interesting change, I'd say. I'm sure many of us can can appreciate that. I know I certainly can. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, with the health systems and the hospitals that you're working with, I, I have the opportunity to do something similar in my role at Practice Green Health in the United States here. Um, you know, you, you referenced participating in the Healthcare Climate Challenge and, and your specific work at, at this you know, mitigating, so helping health systems prevent um, and reduce their, their greenhouse gas emissions from causing future climate change. 
you, you referenced health systems um, sort of having the opportunity to get awards. And that's something that we have too at Practice Green Health. And I'm, I'm curious from your perspective um, and from your experience, what is it that brings the most hospitals and health systems to this work? Like what is driving their impetus to join the healthcare climate challenge and work on climate mitigation? What do you think drives that? I think very, very often it's um, the personal engagement and the personal um, interest of um, people in those hospitals that might be sometimes doctors, sometimes nurses, sometimes even the directors of those hospitals um, who just see the need to, to get involved as a hospital and to protect their, um, their communities as well. Um, in some countries, I think it's also, um, well, a legal, um, a legal decision, I'd say, or like a political decision that hospitals have to um, um, record their emissions and start working towards um, net zero or zero emissions. Um, but that's certainly not in all countries uh, the case yet. Ah, that is where we draw inspiration from. In the US, we are certainly not uh, legally mandated to um, develop a greenhouse gas inventory of our health systems yet. Um, but the Health and Human Services, um, the Biden administration is building momentum in that arena specifically for our federal institutions. Um, so fingers crossed that there will be a lot more um, work happening in that realm and a lot more need for healthcare without harm across the, uh, across the globe. Um, yeah, so thank you for providing that outline of your work and, and specifically for talking about what that means for nurse. Um, that, that really resonated with me. So that's a perfect segue into um, developing this conversation more around the nurses climate challenge. So as I noted, our, our last podcast um, featured the founding mothers in the United States. And, and so we'd love to hear from you about the development of the nurses climate challenge Europe. And then sort of the, the second part of that question is, is tell us about the School of Nursing commitment as well. Sure. Um, so we started the Nurses Climate Challenge Europe uh, last year in uh, January, so January 2021. Um, and that came from, well, the need to include nurses into those changes that, um, that we want hospitals to do in reducing their emissions, in um, being more uh, environmentally friendly. And um, well, I said before that as a nurse, sometimes it can be hard to change a hospital from the inside, but also on the other hand, it's also very hard for, for a hospital or for a clinic to change um, anything uh, without talking to the nurses and without having them on board. Um, so for us, it was very, very important to create the, um, the, the educational resources for nurses to learn and to teach others about um, the challenges that come with the changing climate and um, yeah, give them the opportunity to have their say in what will be changed and to have, um, yeah, have the, the, the support and the confidence to, to stand up and say, okay, we need to change something. 
because not in every hospital there is a leadership or administration that um, already sees the need um, to make changes but there's often uh, a lot of nurses that see especially now with covid uh, those mountains of waste those mountains of uh, plastic um, that are produced for example um, and who see also the impact that climate change has firsthand like working with elderly um, patients um, and having heat waves or um, seeing how very impacted um, people with disabilities were during the floods in Germany. Um, it's often nurses that see those impacts first and um, want to react and want their hospital to react on that. And yeah, with the Nurses Climate Challenge, we wanted to give them some support in doing that. So um, after January 2021, um, it actually grew quite quickly. Um, we didn't expect um, so many people to be interested that quickly. And in only one year, we had more than 200 nurses joining from all across Europe, actually. And um, educating um, in one year, um, a thousand other healthcare professionals um, about the topic, which is really incredible. Um, so yeah, it seems to be very, um, very much needed, or there seems to be a need in Europe um, for these kind of resources and that kind of help that we're providing. I would say so, and it seems that congratulations are in order. You're, you're a year out from the birth of the NCC Europe, and I know you've been very instrumental uh, in making that happen. So, so Anna, congrats to the work and your team and to all of those European nurse climate, uh, climate champions, of course. Um, and it, it sounds like the approach that um, your team took in, in building this initiative across the pond, as we like to say, is very similar to that that we had in the United States. Um, and, and I think we can talk a little bit about, um, you know, the need for a specific initiative um, to Europe, as opposed to maybe just expanding the one in the United States. Obviously, we know that there are cultural differences. Um, we know that there's a geographic difference. Um, you were referencing some specific climate impacts out of, out of Germany as a personal example, but there are other differences for climate impacts between the US and Germany um, as well. Uh, for instance, in the United States, um, some of the key components of the Nurses Climate Challenge that we focus on are um, extreme heat, uh, vector-borne disease, extreme weather. Um, we have some aspects of mental health, etc. Based on the, the work that you've done with the Nurse Climate Champions so far, um, what are the primary climate and health impacts? You know, if I've already referenced some, you know, re reiterate those too. But but what is um, what is focused on most specifically with your Nurse Climate Champions based on some of their geographies? Um, well, it's very similar. Obviously, there is similar. Um, impacts of climate change in Europe uh, compared to the US with um, extreme weather events, vector-borne diseases, rising sea levels, um, heat waves, fires. Um, I think that is yeah, something that happens all around the world. It, I guess it's just regionally different. Um, but what I've seen with many nurses 
uh, working in Europe. And what comes up again and again as a topic is um, the high use of, of uh, single use items in hospitals in Europe. So that seems to be something that a lot of nurses are worried about and um, yeah, wanting to change. Um, so um, yeah, all the waste, all the um, plastics especially seem to be a concern for everybody. That's really interesting. Um, that's really interesting. I, I think that a lot of United States health professionals would say something similar um, related to single use devices. And I think, you know, Anna, you and I are both, um, you know, in, in the early parts of our career. So when, when we were nurses practicing at the bedside, um, you know, we were sort of already part of a culture that was quite focused on single use devices, I, I'm guessing. Um, but think about, you know, when, when the nursing profession and health professionals working at the bedside, you know, in the, in the 20th century, and, and, you know, even when some of our colleagues were at the bedside, this focus on single use devices was not so. And um, it's really fascinating sometimes for me to think back about what did bedside practice used to look like? What did energy utilization, water utilization, um, waste practices, what, what did all of that look like before we got to where we are now? Um, because certainly, you know, there have been more sustainable practices in healthcare prior to, um, you know, prior to, to, to today. So I'm, I'm glad you referenced that. Um, and it's certainly something that, you know, needs to be worked on, I would say, across the planet with a gentle balance of infection control, of course. Um, of course, COVID has yeah. made this so much more challenging. Um, thank you. So I'd love to hear more from you about the Nurses Climate Challenge School of Nursing commitment in Europe. And, and what I'm particularly interested in uh, is your team developed this initiative simultaneously, more or less, with the full Nurses Climate Challenge, um, engaging you know nurses across the continent. Next week, just as or next podcast rather, um, to plant a little seed, we have the opportunity to interview two faculty members in the United States that are part of the NCC commitment. And so, I'd love to hear from you more about the initiative since it's similar to what we're doing here in the U.S. Um, you know, of course, in Europe, you have the international focus embedded in the program, but I'd love to hear from you uh, what the School of Nursing commitment offers to faculty and schools of nursing um, that are participating in it. Sure. Um, so the, the nursing school commitment in Europe, um, we developed it a bit after developing the Nurses Climate Challenge or after launching it um, together with 10 universities or nursing schools from across the continent, which means it was um, nursing schools from different countries, uh, which is ob obviously a huge difference to, to the US um, where you all have the, the same language, um, the, a similar cultural background, I'd say. Um, and also the, the nursing education, um, I think so in the US is um, similar all across uh, the country, while we have 
quite some differences in how nursing education is organized. So it was um, a challenge to bring all of that together and um, write with those um, 10 um, nursing schools, uh, the um, nursing school commitment, um, the document with all of the things they're planning to do. And um, what, what the final idea of the nursing school commitment is, is it, it helps um, the nursing schools that would like to educate their students about um, climate change and health, planetary health, to have this network similar to the, the Nurses Climate Challenge um, that supports them in finding the right resources in um, developing resources possibly um, and um, yeah, including it in all the courses that are already existing as well as creating new courses um, for specifically those topics. Um, and it was developed out of the need that we can't just expect all the already registered already, um, yeah, all the nurses that are already uh, finished with their education um, to go and learn by themselves um, about climate change, but it should be structurally embedded into the education um, already from the beginning because it is such an important topic that touches upon so many health issues that we'll see um, um, all across the continent. Um, so what the um, Nurses Climate Challenge provides for the nursing school commitment is um, those resources that are already developed for nurses that can be used also for teaching. Um, and it also um, uh, what we're planning now is to create resources specifically for schools of nursing um, uh, that they can use for education, um, where we're hoping uh, to receive funding for in the next few months, uh, but that's still obviously um, in the future. Mm, thank you. It, it's, um, it's extraordinarily difficult to partner with universities that have different approaches to curriculum development and syllabi. Some universities, speaking from my experience in the United States, um, in order to even propose changes to education delivered are, you know, some go up through um, graduate or undergraduate departments. Some go up through the provost. In some states, they even go up through um, state legislature. I mean, it, it's so complex to bring change to curriculum. And that's within one country. And I had, this shows how, you know, naively I've been thinking about the School of Nursing commitment in Europe. I had not even considered the added complexity of balancing that challenge um, you know, with multiple nations. So that's that's an extraordinary amount of progress that you've made. I, I mean, congratulations to, to your team and of course, all the faculty that have participated in this development as well. Um, yeah, that, that's so exciting. Ab absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the way that you described basically two different audiences of nurses needing to be climate proficient. Yes, people practicing in the field, but also these pre-licensure nursing students. Um, so I think that that gives 
listeners maybe some, you know, gets the gears turning as far as folks that need to be reached with this material. Um, Anna, thank you. So let's shift the conversation to something more um, international, even outside of Europe now. And I'd like to ask, um, based on your experience, how do nurses in different nations think about climate change? How do they approach climate change? I think that's a, dif a difficult question because um, obviously all those nurses have different backgrounds, different, um, not just cultural, but also um, different health systems in which they're working that are functioning differently and to a different degree, uh, having a different quality and are differently accessible for um, patients. Um, so I guess it depends on obviously the region and the situation that nurse is in, um, how she reacts to climate change and to the challenge it poses. I'd say in Europe, it's quite um, homogeneous um, that nurses look a lot at mitigation uh, at the moment, um, because in Europe we have, uh, well, very, very high emissions and very high use of materials and we need to reduce those emissions. Um, we have, well, maybe a moral obligation to do so. Uh, while in some other countries also um, looking at Eastern Europe, for example, um, the situation might be very different and um, the health system is still on the way of um, well growing and of um, being universal and um, giving access to healthcare to the whole population. Um, so in some regions or countries, the focus might be less on mitigation and more on building of resilience and um, adapting to climate change uh, to be able to, well, maybe continue providing good care or also, um, well, um, improve the services that are already there. But I feel like in Central Europe, we're sometimes forgetting that this is also something we need to do. Um, climate change is gonna hit um, in Central Europe as much as in other nations in the world. But I feel like in general, I've talked to nurses from, um, from Europe and from, uh, to nurses from the US, uh, some from South America, some from um, African nations. And surprisingly, many of them have the, well, um, the same reasons to come to this topic, that they see how it impacts their patients and that they want to well, start working against it, start um, being prepared also. Um, and I think that is something that unites us all. And that is a perfect draw to our close. And, and the question that I want to ask, uh, ask you for our listeners is, what are three actions we can take today to become more active climate nurses? I think, um, well, the first thing that the listeners could do um, is inform themselves, learn a bit um, about maybe also specifically what is happening in your region, um, maybe also in your speciality, um, the patients that you're working with, um, how will climate change impact them and how is your practice actually impacting the environment? 
And after learning about it, you can go on and talk to others. Maybe there's somebody else who's already interested in the topic, who has been working on it, and you just don't know it yet. Um, or maybe you can found a green team or um, start uh, getting others on board. And then finally, obviously, um, uh, getting active, um, going on and seeing what you can improve. How can you um, improve your own uh, practice? Maybe uh, there's something you can do in your hospital to help your patients to um, improve the services you're providing. Um, and that might be something very small. It doesn't need to be uh, changing the whole system immediately. Um, you can start with small things um, and then go on from there. And um, well, I think it's important to be uh, confident about it and not be too afraid. Um, it, all, it sometimes feels like you're the only one who's interested in it, in it and um, um, that as, as that one small nurse, it's hard to change something. Um, but when you go out there and talk to people, you will be surprised how many are actually already uh, worried and who would love to do something and they just also don't know how to start and where to start. And um, you would be surprised how far you can get just by being a bit confident and asking people and um, maybe even asking your hospital to change things. And yeah, there's always networks. Um, who can help you, for example, the Nurses Climate Challenge. Well, you heard it from her, folks. Anna Foreman, we learn, find our people, build confidence to reduce those emissions as nurse climate champions. Anna, it was a pleasure to have you. I'm always delighted every time I get to spend a little bit of time with you. So thank you. Um, and, and as a reminder, folks who listened in, you too can be a nurse climate champion, whether it's in the United States, Canada, Europe, or anywhere else across the world. Log on to nursesclimatechallenge.org. And for our special European listeners, remember to check out um, the NCC Europe in particular to investigate Anna's work with her team a little bit more. So Anna, thank you again. It was our pleasure to listen to you today and we wish you luck as you head into the second year of your programming. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you, Shanda and Anna, for a really interesting conversation. I was struck with something Anna said about nurses around the world coming to the climate effort for similar reasons, and that when she talks with nurses, she finds that many are concerned and want to contribute. Combine that with what Anna said at the beginning, that we're not going to transform healthcare without nurses, and we have an incredible opportunity in front of us. Success requires nurses, and nurses want to help. Therefore, activating nurses to do so is critical. And the Nurses Climate Challenge is a proven tool with which to do so. As Shanda says, all nurses can become climate champions. Check out nursesclimatechallenge.org and other resources in the show notes. Thank you all for listening, and please tune in for upcoming podcasts highlighting nurse climate champions. Check us out at envirn.org, and please subscribe, comment, and share the podcast. Talk to you next time.